Battle of the classes continue. We talked corners yesterday, but when you look at the 2023 and 2022 edge glass classes, there's a lot of talent. Who comes out on top? We'll break it down and pick next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Lo- Locked On NFL Draft. Oh, Jesus, let me start that over. <clears throat> Two, one. What's up, family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, to talk championship rings and things, I got my guy, Mr. LSU himself, Keith Sanchez. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at The Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in, man. This is Keith Sanchez, Senior Draft Analyst at the Draft Network, man, and 2019 National Champ. Yes, those LSU Tigers, man, but you know why we're here. We're here to bring championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft, man. And guess what? Today we have edge rushers, baby. Can you get after the quarterback, man? I'm talking about a premium position. And what we're going to do is this. We're going we're gonna to compare the 2022 edge rusher class to the 2023 edge rusher class, right? Go through the first, second, third round. So the question is this, right? Would you rather Will Anderson or Aiden Hutchinson? Would you rather Tyree Wilson or Trayvon Walker? Would you rather Miles Murphy or Jermaine Johnson? So DP. We have a title sponsor. Let's get the title sponsor. And after that, man, we're getting this thing kicked off. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. Keith, you, you alluded to it. The, the edge class, the battle of the edges, man. Two talented groups, Keith. But I'm going to say this. Will Anderson Jr. is the best edge out of both classes. I don't even think it's and I, and I say that with so much conviction, Keith, because if you remember and we rewind a year ago, even when Trayvon went one and Aiden Hutchinson went two, the talk was if Will Anderson Jr. was in this class, he's the top guy and he's the number one overall pick. Then you fast forward a year and then everybody started nitpicking this game and being overly critical and doing doing the absolute most. But for me, man, it starts at the top. Will Anderson Jr. is the top edge rusher. For me, out of both classes, Keith, I don't know where you stand, but that's the ledge I'm standing on. I I agree. I agree. I think Will, if you compare both classes for me, I think Will Anderson is the top edge rusher. And I I give Aiden a slight too. And Aiden, like we talked about, right? And, well, we haven't talked about this, right? Because we weren't on this podcast. Let's get into it a little bit. Aiden Hutchinson, man, he he, – Obviously, he's very refined in his tools and his skill set. We just didn't know if he had the same, like, quick twitch burst um, as, you know, some of the other edge rushers that came out. So I will give Will Anderson the slight edge over Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, you know, for me, Aiden Hutchinson is two. I mean, when you look at the 2022 class and, and what we have there, the f- number one overall pick was Trayvon Walker. We, You know what I mean? Aiden Hutchinson went two. And then when you look at 
I think it was um, Kayvon went five. And then you we have, I believe it was uh, Jermaine Johnson, the Jets traded back up for the third first-round pick and selected Jermaine Johnson at 26. And then they finished off in the first round with George Karlathis in the fir- it, it, with the 30th pick to the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's a champion out of all out of everybody. And then this class, Keith, was a little different. You know, in terms of, like, where guys were slated and where guys went off the board, we have, of course, Will Anderson Jr. went three with the Texans moving up. Tyree Wilson fell to the Raiders at seven. Will McDonald, uh, you know, didn't see that coming, but he was first, you know, top, top 15. He was a 15 pick overall. Miles Murphy falling down the board to the 28th selection. And then Nolan Smith coming off the, oh, Nolan Smith off the board at 30. And then Felix and Duque Uzoma coming off the board at 31 to the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's back to, Keith, that's kind of crazy. Back to back drafts. The Kansas City Chiefs close out the first round with an edge. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, that lets you know, right, what they're trying to do. They're trying to rush the quarterback, man. They're trying to get after the quarterback. They feel as though they have the best one they're trying to get after. DP, if I had to look at the draft classes, man, I'm going with last year's draft class. I, I think Will Anderson is the best edge, but if you ask me, like I kind of talked about right at the beginning, Tyree Wilson or Trayvon Walker, I'm probably going Trayvon Walker, right? If you ask me Felix and Duke Uzoma, or Jermaine Johnson, who in the back end of the first round, I'm going Jermaine Johnson. Um, I, I just think it was more time. Ta- I just think it was a more talented class, right? And we're doing this, and we're putting our name out there. And then in you know five, ten years, we have to see how this goes. But I, I, I really liked last year's class, and I thought it had really good quality depth, especially across the first round, right? Like you said, we we thought Aiden Hutchinson was going to go one, and then the storyline situation, um, you know, falling to Michigan, the Jaguars took Trayvon Walker, which you know, it was a good pick. We liked Trayvon. Didn't, like, yeah. think he was the elite-level pass rusher, right? But I liked him reduced inside. But, you know, for the sake of this, we'll consider him an edge rusher. Then you follow that up with Aiden Hutchinson. And then some guy that's, that's still an X factor in this entire class, Kayvon Thibodeau, right? Because this is a guy that can produce you, get you 10, 12 sacks a year. Um, and I think that's something when you look at last year's class. So that's three deep, right, with 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 Jermaine Johnson, um, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, which guys all I feel as though can give you double that double digit sack seasons. And I don't know if this edge rusher class goes that deep, right? Like I'm, I know Tyree Wilson went high, but like I said, I comp him more to Trayvon Walker, where they may be more defensive tackle ish type players than actual edge rushers. So that's yeah. why I have to go with the 2022 class. Uh, but like we said, even with that, right, you combine them right both years. Will Anderson, I believe, is to is the most talented and the most complete one, um, with still upside and room to grow as an edge rusher. No, I agree. I'm, I'm, you know, unlike the cornerback situation, I'm in agreement with you here, Keith. Where 2022 to me was superior outside of Will Anderson, I, you know, because I think we looked at the first round of edges and the order and how things went. We felt like, you know. Will McDonald was a reach, right? We we didn't expect Miles Murphy to fall, Felix and Duque going in the first round. We look at the 2022 class, Keith. We didn't think any. We didn't really say, man, these are some reaches. Like, what, what are these teams doing? You know, we we didn't have that feeling, right? Like, we looked at these guys and we felt good about it. Even a George Carlathis, which yeah, you may have questioned his athleticism, but you knew that the production of there is there, the power, the motor, the arm length may not be. I can't remember if his arm length didn't meet the ideal requirements, but he was a productive rookie on the championship defense. So I, I'm, I'm with you, man. And, and like you said, with the X factor, I think for me, the X factor is Jermaine Johnson. Cause I think he got hurt, you know, uh, during his rookie year, he, he didn't get a chance to really 
take off. And I think, uh, you know, after what we saw at the Senior Bowl, watch the tape, and him coming out of Florida State, I think he's got a real, a real chance of taking off in year two. Yeah, I agree 100%. But, BP, look, that wraps up the first round. I think we both lean. We lean towards the 2022 class, right? Just think they had, there was more depth, more complete edge rushes, guys that's going to get after the quarterback. Listen, man, we got to go into those second round, right? Because, you know, that that's the that's the core of rosters, right? The second and third round. So we're going to look at those second round edge rushes because there's some, um, you know, highly – coveted names, right? You talk about B.J. Ajalari, you're talking about Isaiah Foskey from this year, right? Then last year, you're talking about Arnold Ebiketti, uh, Boye Mafi. So there's some really highly coveted names and guys that still have the ceiling there, right, to really produce on a high level. So we're going to compare the second round from last year, right? The 2022 versus 2023 second round picks, which edge rusher class had the more talent. Coming up next, we're going to discuss it. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Guys, we do a lot of checking in and making sure our family members and friends and our loved ones are okay. We spend a lot of time on them. And to be honest, we should spend more time on us as well. Uh, Because you have to check in on yourself and make sure you are okay. I know that I can speak uh, from my own personal experience on that. Uh, There's a lot of stigmas and barriers that come with the entry point to therapy, like traffic, location, cost, all of that, guys. BetterHelp makes it simple. It's cheaper. You can do it from wherever you are. Video, text, and phone chat options are available. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and can be uh, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Uh, visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, Keith, the, the, the second round, and I think – I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tip my hand. That t- I'm looking at these names. I'm looking at the talent for the second round between these two draft classes, and I'm leaning slightly to 2023, Keith. What, what, what are you leaning on this one? Ah, man, it's tough. It's tough because, I, like I said, man, I, I really like Boye Mafi. I like Arnold Ebiketti, right? But then this class has guys like Derek Hall – who we really appreciated, um, B.J. Ajilari, who's sitting there, Tuli Tupelotu. Ah, I'm tough. I'm, I'm going to go this year. I'm going to go this year. I think okay. this year this year has more complete, like I said, Derek Hall, I think the upside is still there for to be a double-digit sack guy. Um, then then you have Tuli Tupelotu, hand in the ground. I think this guy that can consistently give you seven, eight sacks. They both play really well against the run. Those are two players that when I look back on it, they swing the pendulum for me to say, you know what, these are going to be, um, you know, I, I like these guys better than I like the guys in other class. Because, I mean, I'm looking at 2022's draft. You had guys like Logan Hall, who we've heard, you know, I don't want to say struggled, but hasn't necessarily turned the corner like the Tampa Bay Bucks would like him to have two throughout last year's season. So I'm going to go with this year's class for upside and potential. Yeah, I think last year's class had more names selected, right? It was- you know, Honor Biketi, Boy Mafe, David Ojaba, who was supposed to be a first rounder if he didn't have the Achilles injury during his pro day. Uh, Sam Williams, who was actually kind of a revelation for the Dallas Cowboys as a rookie, Keith. It was a guy I really liked coming out of, uh, out of uh, I think it was Ole Miss, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think he just had some, he had some off the field stuff. Um, and then you got Drake Jackson, who uh, did some good things for the Niners. And then Nick, uh, Nick Benito, kind of a DPR type of guy for the uh, Denver Broncos, who uh, when Randy Gregory went down, kind of stepped into a nice role and showcased some of his skill set. But, you know, and I, like you said, Derek Hall, Isaiah Foskey, B.J. Ojulari, I re- you know me, I'm really high on Keon White in terms of what he could become 
Because, yeah, I know some people are like, well, he's 24 years old. I don't really care about the age as much, Keith. It's more so, okay, playing experience. This is a kid that, tra- that transfer- transferred from Old Dominion uh, where he was he came in as a tight end for the first year or two of his career, then made the transition to defensive end, uh, outside linebacker, lost a year due to COVID. So he, in terms of his playing age, like his, his actual age, yeah, he's like 24 years old. But his playing age, he's still – you know, you know how the old folks, he's still a baby. He's still young, man. He's still really young in terms of what he could become. And he's so physically gifted as well to where he can rush inside and out, similar to Thule as well, man. So I, I look at this group and I just say to myself, I, I view them, like I said, with a higher ceiling. And I know I just look at, you know, you, you got to hope that Arnold Epichetti for the Falcons takes another step to becoming a guy. But I'm going to tell you something. To Seahawks, Seahawks, shout out to them. Because not only did they get Boyd Mafia, but they also got uh, Derek Hall in back-to-back second rounds to come off the edge of their defense. So shout-out to them Seahawks, man, because I, I think that's kind of an under-the-radar situation. But I'm going to tell you, the, the X factor for me, Keith, is David Ojabo. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. That's the one that we can look back in a couple of years and be like, you know what? He's just too damn good for us to have, you know, went went the other way, man. Because if he puts it all together, right? When we're talking about somebody extremely fluid athlete, explosive, smooth, natural pass rusher, you, you I, I like that you comped him, you know, last year. And obviously, we didn't have this podcast. We can tell our listeners, you comped him to Chandler Jones, right? And I mm-hmm. thought that that was like a perfect comparison for him. So you're talking about a guy that can get you, you know, with Chandler Jones, there's six sacks in one game or something like that. So when yeah. he's on, he's all the way on. So that can be a difference maker, man. David Ajabo, he can have us um having to revisit this podcast and say, hold on. <laughs> I think we kind of messed this up. Let's, you know, let's let's change the game plan a little bit. But I do like this class, man. Not the more I look at it, right? And you're talking about the potential. You can say that David Ajabo potentially has the same upside that Isaiah Foskey has, right? Where they're both really good athletes. You're just waiting for them to put everything else together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could see yep. that they're natural pass rushers, natural athletes, things like that. You're just waiting for them to put everything together. So I I, I like this year's class, man. I, I Like we talked about Derek Hall, I think he can get after it. So there's some fun names in this class, DP. No, 100%, Keith. I, I think, you know, uh, you know, looking at this class, I think, you know, for me, one of the X factors from the 2023 class is your boy BJ Ojulari. And, and if, if if Jonathan Gannon puts him in the right situation and that he, you know, playing a four three. So like if this was still that Vance Joseph three, four defense, he, to me, he's a day one starter at outside linebacker or even over um, a Cam Thomas and a, a, a Maje Sanders from last year, Keith, but they run the four man front. So that's when the, the question becomes, you know, how do you utilize him in that, in that way, in, in this, in this defense, and how much is he going to play? Because you're going to deal with, I would say, three. Yeah, no, all their three opponents in the division for the Cardinals can all run the ball. So you expect yeah. him to have to deal with the run game. San Fran, we know that the two studs that Seattle have, you know, and Kenneth Walker and now Zach Charbonnet, and then the Rams. You know what I mean? They got Zach Evans in like the sixth or seventh, but they got Cam Akers still. You know what I mean? So they can run the all three teams can run the ball. So, but I think he has a he's the X factor of this group. Because I think if Jonathan Gannon hits on this and uses him and gets the best out of him, this could be a 12-sack type of guy coming off the edge, in my opinion, Keith. Yeah, you know what worries me, though? Because looking at last year, right, they drafted Maje Sanders, and he's another tweener, you know, undersized defensive end. So I'm like, okay, how are they going to put both of these guys on the field at the same time? Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And I'm just hoping that, you know, they don't kind of – 
put Maje in a position that BJ needs to be in in order to thrive because it's just going to be tough, right? Like trying to put two undersized defensive ends on the field whose best ball is them just rushing the quarterback who you don't necessarily love playing the run. So I think that was going to be interesting for the Arizona Cardinals. But DP, look, man, this this thing is balanced, right? Like 2022 took the first, they took the first round. 2023 took the second round. But this we're going to do, man, rounds three through seven. So we're going some real name pools. We're getting deep into this, man. We, we're, we're bringing out the depth, right? Showing how deep our palate is when it comes to these, <laughs> um, comes to these draft prospects. We're going to compare 2022 versus 2023 rounds three through seven um to see which class like which names kind of fell and what are those name pools that we should think about um when comparing these two classes i'm the time to pull some names from day what day late day two day three for both of these classes and uh i'll start keith and i'm gonna start with your what your guy i'm he, he's your guy byron young out of uh out of tennessee um you know tavis another one of your guys tavis robinson out of mississippi uh out of old miss rather and then uh, KJ Henry uh, from Clemson, man, going in the fifth round to the Washington Commanders uh, from this, from the 2023 class. Keith, those are three guys that I really feel like could be uh, impactful uh, rushers, especially in the situations that they fell into. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at the 2022 class, right? And you're talking about names. Because when, when you get down to, you know, you're talking fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round as far as edge rushes, right? Now you're looking for potential and upside. And usually guys, most potential and upside, what? They have the arm length, they have the height. So that's two names. I'm looking at D'Angelo Malone, right? Out of Western Kentucky, went to the Atlanta Falcons, you know, him him and that scheme. And I think he flashed a little bit, right? He was still just undersized. Then I look at Dominique Robinson for the Chicago Bears. They kind of trying to develop and put him on that Leonard Floyd type plan. Then, I mean, you know, this is kind of cheating because this guy already had uh, production man James Houston out of Jackson State, um, HBCU for the Detroit Lions. Um, guy that was productive, right? He flashed being able to rush the quarterback in a very designated role. But DP, I look at it, man, and I just don't know if Byron Young by himself doesn't tip the scales for me, right? And, and and I have to go that hard, right? I have to stand on it, right? I thought this was gonna be a first round <laughs> prospect, he didn't go to yeah. the third round. We'll wait a couple years to see. Who's right, right? Keep versus the NFL. That's kind of seems like a common theme uh, with these uh, with these draft podcasts, man. But this, I, I'm looking at the 2023 class, and I'm like, you know what? Because I, I want to throw out another name, KJ Henry. If this guy can just put it together for the Washington Commanders, and you know what? He's going to see a lot of one on ones with John, Big Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, um, Chase Young. He'll be there for at least this year. I don't think they picked up his contract. Damn, no, they so, didn't. Um, you know, he, he'll he be there for at least this year. So he's going to have a lot of help around him. So I I, I didn't think I was going to do this, DP, but I think I'm going with this year's class once again, Dylan Horton, um, you know, him being with the Texans, right, a full-man front, which is perfect for him. He's going to drop weight. He's going to get down to his actual playing size, and he's going to be able to roll. You talked about Tavius Robinson already with the Baltimore Ravens, somebody who may be there to compete with our expect, the guy that we just talked about, David Ajabu, who knows? Right. right? So I, I'm I'm going to have to go with the 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 2023 class because that there is depth there. There's really good depth there. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I was I was kind of looking at the 2022 and trying to you know I like Don, you, you brought up Dominic Robinson, James Houston, uh, D'Angelo Malone, and it's like with especially with Malone and Maje, I think those are two of the to me those are the two X factors like. If those guys can really take steps going forward, if we for for one, we gotta see Maje as a true edge for for once. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause it's since he played 
a four eye at 235, 40 pounds. Like, so we don't even know what he looks like two years into playing full-time edge uh, to, to really kind of see that, that skill set really take over. But I like Dominique Robinson, James Houston, baller out of, out of the HBCU and D'Angelo Malone. Um, I think with them not – with the Falcons not actually addressing edge, I don't view Zach Harrison as like an edge guy. I think he's more of a three-tech, you know, just from his build, athleticism, and, mm-hmm. you know, that type of stuff. You got to reduce him inside, um, in my opinion. So I think Arnold Epichetti and D'Angelo Malone, I think the Falcons look at like, man, they trust what they what they have developmentally. But when I look at this 2023 class, Keith, I, I named that I didn't bring up, and I'm, I'm get, get, glad I'm getting the chance to, Nick Hampton. You talk about like, you know, you look at a James Houston being that DPR, right? Uh, I, I compare James Houston to, because you know, I like my cross sports uh, comparisons, baseball, right? That closing pitcher. Whoa, you know whoa, what I mean? Whoa, that- whoa, 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 whoa. Baseball. Uh, yeah, you you're yeah. a basketball guy, man. I didn't know yeah, you about yeah. to hit a baseball guy. <laughs> I thought you was about listen, to go, I don't know. What, what, I don't even watch guy? baseball. That's I, the crazy part about, about it. See, Listen, I thought you was about to say Lonnie Walker for the Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> man. This comes out of nowhere. And does I don't even want to talk, talk about that. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm that team, man. You threw me off with the baseball. Bro. <laughs> now, listen, you know me. I, I keep I keep enough in the holster, man. I, he, I, you, I, you, I look at James Houston because he's not gonna play heavy on the on the rundowns, but he's that he's that closing pitcher. That ninth inning, that guy with that fresh arm. Oh yeah, he's coming in with the fastball, and we saw what that was, what that looked like with the Detroit Lions. And I think Nick Hampton, uh, him crazy enough, him and Byron Young both go into the Los Angeles Rams. They came in knowing that they had to address the edge. I think Nick Hampton could do the same thing, guys. You know, Keith, everybody that's listening, y'all heard me talk about Nick Hampton before the draft. I really like what he brings as a pass rusher. He's two thirty five, so he's kind of slim. Uh, and, and slender, so he's not probably not he's not gonna give you a lot on the first and second down. But bringing that fresh legs off the off the bench in the fourth quarter, where teams are gonna double team AD, you want to have that, those guys off the edge that can win those one on ones. I think Nick Hampton could be similar to James Houston, but because of that, Keith, with all the other names that you listed, I got to go twenty twenty three as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna even throw out now we're talking undrafted guys, right? Britton Cox, mm-hmm. a guy with upside and potential. We just heard this off the field stuff. He has to kind of put that together, right? Ali yep. Gay, right? LSU guy. When you watch the film, you want to love him, right? I think this guy's going to make a 53-man roster. He's going to find a way to play on the field. Then you go to Auburn's, your guy, DP, Ike Leota, right? Another yes. undrafted guy with upside and potential. So even the undrafted prospects in this class, I'm like, you know what? These are dudes that's going to make a team. Uh, so, I, I like I said, I, I have to go with 2023 for rounds three through seven. So basically recap, right? 2022's class had they were more top heavy right like I take their first round by far over 2023 right then you go into the second round I take 2023's you go into rounds three through seven I take 2023's draft class so there's a lot we feel as though there was more depth right in this draft class but there was more upside in round one with 2022 draft class 100% 100% Keith and, and um, I'm 100% with you but guys is, you know that's our show breaking down the 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 edge battle between the two classes fun two fun classes with a lot of talent and everything man but you know as always guys uh we tell you how much we appreciate y'all go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your wherever you get and listen to your podcast to get the latest episode as soon as it's available we thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen not just today but every day Every Monday through Friday, we know what we, y'all know what we tell you. You family, your family, 
but you're also the everyday. So shout out to y'all uh, for, for, for being that for us. Come and join us again tomorrow, as always, guys. In terms of Twitter, you can find Keith Sanchez at The Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.